321 I Relaunch, the podcast where we discuss strategies, advice, and success stories about returning to work after a career break. I'm Carol Fishman Cohen, the chair and co-founder of I Relaunch, and your host for today. Today we welcome our very own April Keating, our I Relaunch communications specialist, and also the founder of email marketing company, Creative Content Company. April is a military spouse, an entrepreneur, and a master of relocating and maintaining career continuity. We want to hear her secrets as to how she does it and what her life is like, move to move. Hi, April. Welcome to 321i Relaunch. Hi, Carol. I'm honored to be here. Thank you. Well, we're so thrilled to have you. And April, you and I know each other well. We've worked together for almost three years now. But can you tell our audience, please, our listeners, a little bit about your career history? So I'm going to start with several years that I worked at an agricultural company, and I worked in actually various administrative and lower management roles. And then I married my husband, and shortly thereafter, he received orders. So he is in the military. And shortly after I married him, he received orders to relocate halfway across the country. So I left my job, my family, my friends, everything really that I knew to follow him. And um, I, so I had grown up in Iowa and had never been away from there and moved to Washington, D.C. Metro. Wow. That's yeah. quite a switch. Can you say what branch of the military he's in? He is Army National Guard, but he's active duty. So he, um, he, functions very much like um, what we call a big army soldier. So we we move all we can move all over the world and he goes to work for the army every single day. So you you were from Iowa and all of a sudden you, uh, you moved to Metro DC and I'm assuming you had to leave your job in Iowa. So yes. what happened when you arrived? So um it was funny. My so BJ, my husband, had was there already, and so my dad drove out to DC with me with um, some of our stuff, and we arrived on a Saturday. BJ and my dad both flew out on Sunday. Um, my dad back home, BJ on a work trip, and I was left all alone. And um, our, our household goods showed up that same day also. And we, at the time, we didn't have any kids. We just had one pet. We were living in a one-bedroom apartment. But I was inundated with boxes and with these thoughts of, I am all alone. I don't know a soul. And mm -hmm. I mean, no one. Mm -hmm. So, um, I mean, I guess kind of fast forward the first year, I didn't work. I was, you know, it was frustrating. I was trying to learn. I came from a small town in Iowa, even though I lived in the capital city, it was very small compared to DC Metro. And I could not even get around without getting lost. So it was extremely overwhelming. But after that first year, I found a job working for a government contracting company. And, um, I, I actually worked in government contracting on and off for the next couple years. And I'm just going to say that there was no GPS at the time. So that's why also you found yourself lost, right? Right. I remember <laughs> distinctly going to the gas station and there was a company at the time called ADC and they had these 
books of maps. And I bought two books of maps and I had them in my vehicle and I would find a road, a main vein, if you will, and drive up and down that road and um, kind of learn what was along the road. And then if I would get lost, I'd take out my maps and figure out how to get back to where I needed to go. So yeah, <laughs> there was yeah. no Google Maps, no right. ways, no, yeah. <laughs> I, you know, I remember uh, back in the day, because um, I'm from LA, that there was the, like probably a 300 page map book. And I also had it always by my side. <laughs> uh, so anyway, so we digress. So you work, <laughs> so you've been, you worked for government contracting for a couple of years. Yes. And it was during that time, actually. So um, just kind of a side story, I was working for one company and I was actually working on a contract. So I was working in an office with army soldiers on a project and it came to be Christmas time and my husband was deployed. He was deployed to Kuwait and I wanted to go home to spend time with family. But the thing is, before he left on deployment that fall, I had taken some time off to spend with him. And you know, when you're new to a job, you don't have a lot of tenure, so you don't have a lot of time off, uh, vacation time to take. Mm -hmm. So when Christmas came, I wanted to go home to spend time with family, and my employer said, you don't have any paid time off, you can't leave. Oh. And um, the, my, the Army, the Army um, client said, you know, fine to take time off without pay. Well, I was left in a lurch. It was either I, I quit my job and go home and spend time with family, or I stay in DC alone and work through the Christmas holiday. So um, BJ and I decided that I was going to quit my job, finish my, my bachelor's degree. And so I did that for the next few months and um, went back into a government contracting role. But it was during that whole process that I realized this whole having a career thing while living a military lifestyle is going to be really challenging, if not, and I don't want to say impossible because it's not impossible, but that was my first inkling of this is going to be a challenge. And that was the first time I kind of thought about maybe I should have my own business. Mm -hmm. And so then we moved to Fort Benning, Georgia. And I, again, had to do some job searching, found um, manpower and did, um, they put me on a project working for, um, a company there. And a few months later I was let go because of budget constraints and they, so they got rid of all their temporary employees. And I was also pregnant with our first son. So it was at that point that, you know, here I was, you know, out of a job again and pregnant with our first son and my husband's job schedule was very demanding and I knew it was time to either poop or get off the pot. So <laughs> even though I had no idea how to start my own business, not a clue, I decided I was going to do it. So I leaned into that. And how did you figure out what kind of business you were going to start and like, what did, what did you do on the first day? <laughs> right. Well, um, I had had a conversation back when we were still in DC with a guy and he had talked about this, um, this virtual assistant kind of role that he had come across. And I thought at the time I thought, well, that's interesting because all of my work was in the administrative field. 
And um, so that had stuck with me. And I did some, when I made the decision that I wanted to do this, I started doing research on virtual assistants and uh, found a mentor who had a kind of a program you could go through to, um, to start your own business. And so I, I bought her program and I worked through it and that's, I, that's how I got started. So, um, she was really a mentor for me. So that's, you mean you found a name for your business and you set up a website and then you had to figure out how to go out and get clients? Yeah, pretty much. Um, I made my own website because I didn't, I didn't want to spend any money on it. I wanted to bootstrap it as much as possible. I didn't want to take on debt. So I figured out what I needed to do to start my own website. It didn't look pretty, but you know, that was before social media really too. So, or it was just getting started. So it was really just a website. And then, um, and then, yeah, I, I found, um, I found a, a, a different website that I could go to and look for people that needed skill sets like I had. And I um, found one, applied to it, and he took me on. He was my first client. What year was that? That was 2010. Wow. So that was your first client. And yeah. then was it word of mouth after that? Or how did you get additional clients? So honestly, it was that business was really just kind of a, I wouldn't even call it a business um, for about three years because I mentioned I was pregnant with our first son. So I, um, that summer he came along and, you know, as, as many of us who have young children know that those little humans take a lot of time and energy. So I was pretty wrapped up in that. And so I didn't, really work on growing my business. And then about the time I was starting to get into a rhythm, found out I was pregnant with our second and, mm-hmm. um, and we made, a, and we moved again. So I had, um, I would have two kids in the span of 14 months, 14 and a half months apart actually. And we had a move. And so, um, it was probably, I would say three years before I started thinking about growing the business anymore. And then after that time, it was a little bit of word of mouth, yes, um, and some networking. And um, the mentor I had worked with helped me to uh, figure out some ways to get some clients also. And so if I'm keeping track of this right, you started in Iowa, you moved to Metro DC for, and you were there for maybe a couple of years, and then you moved to Fort Benning, which yes. is Georgia. Yes. Right. And then where did you move to? Well, then we did this really, this hardly ever happens, but we did a really weird rotation of the same locations again. So we, uh, we went from Fort Benning back to Iowa. That's where our youngest son was born. And then from Iowa, we moved back out to DC. And then from DC, we went back to Fort Benning and we are now located in Huntsville, Alabama. My, my husband's stationed at Redstone Arsenal. And would you say on average, you were at each location for two to three years or what was the duration? My husband's done the math and he says it's around 28 months. Okay. Um, And so uh, after you had your second son, um, you were leaving Fort Benning, you were kind of not paying that much attention to your business. And then you moved to Iowa and then you started paying more attention to it. 
And then it was able, you could work from anywhere and you could grow your client base because it was essentially a virtual assistant business. Yeah. When I very first started um, the business, you know, as a virtual assistant, I knew right from the start that I wanted something that was portable and flexible. So I intentionally set up a business that was that way. So all I really needed was an internet connection and a laptop and maybe a little bit of software. So um, that was also part of the uh, appeal to virtual assistants for me because I had a lot of that stuff already on my computer. So our youngest was born in Iowa. When we moved to D.C., I actually... um, decided to specialize a little bit. And I leaned into um, a partnership I had with uh, Constant Contact and focused in, that's when I started to focus in on the email marketing piece of what I do. And so today that's, you know, that's my specialty is email marketing. And when you say you leaned in, how did you get to be a subject matter expert on it? And, um, you know, gain expertise. So you had more services to offer your clients. Um, and that could be a whole nother podcast for another day, actually. (laughs) (laughs) But, um, so constant contact has a, um, and it, this is just one of, uh, I'm sure several companies that have these types of partnerships, but they have a partner program. Whereas, um, people like me who are independent consultants, can sign on to be a partner with them. And they, um, as part of that partnership, they offer a lot of learning opportunities and um, special webinars and things like that, where you can really get to know the products um, in and out. And we have like a specialized team that we can call with questions that will help us walk through um, questions we have, concerns, whatever the case may be, um, product demos. And so by focusing in on that being the thing that I do, I really took advantage of those resources um, so that when I encountered someone who, you know, like a small business owner that was wanting to do email marketing, I could speak really specifically to the issues, the concerns, whatever they had, or um, if they weren't sure exactly even how to get started, I could help them with, you know, step-by-step, here's walk them through, here's how, here's how it's done. So, um, also as part of that relationship, I was able to take, to start doing some speaking and teaching classes, um, with content that had been prepared by them. Um, so it really was just taking a deep dive into that particular piece of, um, what I do and deciding to specialize and learn everything I could about those products. So I'm going to ask you a little bit more about this, but I also want to remind our audience, especially those of you who've just tuned in, that you're listening to 321 iRelaunch. This is your host, Carol Fishman-Cohen, and I'm speaking with April Keating, military spouse, entrepreneur, and master of moving while maintaining career continuity. So April, I I want to ask you an additional question now on something you just mentioned about leading these workshops. So uh, all of a sudden, because you started becoming known, like how did you get opportunities to lead workshops? Who did you lead them for? Who was in the classes? Right. So um, again, with Constant Contact, they have partnerships 
with a number of different organizations, but namely the one I worked with was Chambers of Commerce. So Chambers of Commerce, if they are a partner with Constant Contact, can offer the product at a discount to their membership. And it really is a selling point for that chamber. You know, they're wanting a chamber's intent is to sell memberships, right? So Mm -hmm. um, for the chamber, what I can do for them is to help show their membership. This is a, this is a benefit they can take advantage of if they're a member of that chamber. And then for the members, um, they're able to come learn more about email marketing in general, how it can work for their business, even as go so far as, you know, here's how you can work on developing a subject line. Here's how you can put this email together. Here's where you can source content. Here's where you can, uh, here's how you can make an image that moves inside your newsletter. So there's a lot of different parts and pieces that they can learn in these workshops um, that are offered through these chambers of commerce. So uh, all this time, have you been solo in your business or do you ever have people working for you? I've never had an employee. But I have taken on, um, or I should say, delegated work to consultants. I had, um, I had a virtual assistant that was helping me for a while, and I like to give back to my military spouse community. So I intentionally sought out a virtual assistant who was a military spouse, and she helped me for a while with some event work I was doing. And currently I am outsourcing some of my newsletter work to uh, a firm that is, that was founded by military spouses and they have, they are comprised of a team of military spouse professionals that do a various amount of tasks, a, a little bit like a virtual assistance type of agency. I really like that, your model, where you're essentially subcontracting some of the work so you can leverage your time for more important activities for your business. Absolutely. That's great. Um, So tell us a little bit about uh, how you manage this relocation on the personal side. Like when you've, you've now moved one, two, three, four, five, six times. That's by my count. Um, And uh, like what happens when you arrive at a new location? So I actually start preparing before we move. Um, And for those in the military know this, but for those outside the military, we we often hear that we may be going here, there, or wherever um, until there are orders in place. So that's like handwritten, you're going to go here. they're really, it's just kind of a, we'll wait and see type of approach because that can change often. So once I have a, a firm, you know, we're going to go here kind of answer, I actually, I do a lot of online searching and I utilize Google, but what I really, um, this may strike some people as odd, I guess, but I really utilize Facebook. I love the search features in Facebook and um, I'm able to find a lot of information about a new community on Facebook. So um, I do. So I do a lot of these online searches to find information about this place that we're moving to. Um, and it could be about the community in general. It could be about the business environment. It could be about, um, you know, I don't really have any hobbies other than the kids and their activities. But it could be about hobbies. Um, 
And the other place I go is the um, the installation that or the location that I'm currently living in prior to moving, I will reach out into like if there are military spouses in that community. So I mentioned my husband's in the National Guard, which means that sometimes we are stationed at a location where there's not a lot of military presence. For instance, when we live in Iowa, we were the only military family in our whole neighborhood. So um, there aren't a lot of other military spouses I can go to and, and ask, hey, have you been stationed at Redstone Arsenal? What can you tell me about it? But at Fort Benning, that was, you know, in a, in a military rich environment, we lived on post there. So there were endless opportunities to talk to people about, hey, we're going to Redstone. What do, what do you know about it? What can you tell me about it? Um, so doing that research. Um, so online and talking to people in person. So let me just ask a couple of clarifying comments. So when you say on post, that means on the military base itself in the housing area? Yes. So actually, um, a military base like Fort Benning is like a town. So you have housing. Um, our kids went to school on on base. Um, all of our kids' sports activities were on base. And even our, you know, we have a grocery store, we had, uh, um, we have restaurants, we have a movie theater, we have a bowling alley, all of those things are on base. You literally would not have to leave base if you didn't want to. Um, so, so when I talk on post, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah. And the other locations you did not live on base, you lived in a neighborhood with, with civilian all around you. Yes. Okay. All right. And then when you were doing this research, would you say that it fell into like three buckets, like schools, health stuff, like doctors and dentists and maybe housing or, and then of course your business, but we'll talk about that separately in a minute. Um, actually health, I don't ever really, um, I mean, we have our insurance that through the military and, um, so we just go to the providers that they allow us. So um, healthcare really isn't doesn't fall into my personal searches, um, but I don't have a child with special needs or anything like that either. So that didn't play into it. But um, schools, yes. So when we lived on Fort Benning, we knew our kids were going to go to a DoDEA school, which is a Department of Defense run school. So again, that wasn't really part of the searching. Um uh, but however, you know, like school calendar and um, what they needed for transition and things like that. Um, yes, that was part of searching to figure out what was needed where. Now, I should say my husband takes the lead on a lot of um, the checklists and things like that for moving. But there are pieces of it, you know, like this, um, like the school transcriptions and stuff like that. I actually did um, look into, but as far as like searching, it would be um, what what's what's in the community. So I'm very big on when we get to a location, I want to learn everything and experience everything I can about that particular location. To me, it's a little bit like traveling. You know, when you travel somewhere, you go there to experience the location. So I like to know what all there is to do, see, experience in that new location. So that's one search. Um, another search is what what are the grocery stores? What are the, um, you know, is it Sam's or Costco? Is it, you know, like as far as shopping, what's available for shopping? Um, 
And then the other piece of that, which is a huge piece, is the housing. So we typically rent. Um, so we utilize, there are websites that are specific for the military, like um, one's called AHRN, another one's called Military by Owner. So looking at those websites and finding those um, locations that we can look at and then figuring out. So, you know, we, we usually are living in an area where we don't have childcare readily available, like family to watch the kids. So we have to figure out um, how we're going to look at those houses to rent in a new location. And typically it's been my husband who travels there and he will FaceTime with me. So when he he goes out on these house searches. We figure out which ones he's going to look at. And um, oftentimes we work with a realtor. Um, the realtor will take him on a tour and he will FaceTime with me and we'll walk through the house together that way. Got it. And then um, on the business side, because you run a virtual business and it's portable, are you can you basically work from anywhere or, you know, even when you're in transit, as long as you have your computer and I don't know what else you fought, if everything's an electronic file, like what do you have to do to keep your business running smoothly uh, during a move? And once you're setting up in a new place, the beauty of what I do is that um, I have deadlines, but it's not that I have to be online at certain times. So I can work whenever I need to. And all I need is an internet connection. So I I can't even count the number of times I've worked out of my vehicle. Um, you know, uh, with my phone as the hotspot, you know, so... And even when we move to a new location, a lot of times we move in the summertime and the kids are not in school. So my kids are now elementary age, but, um, you know, we move in the summertime. My husband usually goes to work a day or two after we arrive there, which leaves me to figure everything else out. Right. And I have, I have kids that I don't have childcare for, and I don't have anywhere to put them, you know, so, um, figuring out, uh, where I can, you know, like a Chuck E. Cheese or something like that, where they can play. I have Wi-Fi and I can work. So they're entertained. I'm able to work, uh, finding situations like that or waiting for my husband to be home or after the kids are in bed at night. Um, you know, really just kind of figuring out how to juggle all of that. Got it. And then, um, can you, Talk about any other examples of portable businesses that can work the way yours has for you. Have you seen other military spouses with certain skill sets that serve them well um, with frequent moves? So um, I have seen some who actually do physical products um, like jewelry, and um, I'm many of you may be, many listeners may be familiar with. Um, our Riveter, who was on Shark Tank, um, they make handbags. So they're able to, so they, you know, they're a little different because depending on how big their organ, you know, their, their manufacturing piece is, um, they may be able to just work out of their home and make their jewelry and sell it online. Um, or they may have to actually have a place where they are, you know, actually physically sewing. Um, um, but there are, there are people who can, who do physical products like that and they can, and it still works for them because they can work out of their house or they can, um, go to a co-working space or rent a space where they can do some of their manufacturing work, 
um, studio type work. A lot of photographers. I've seen a lot of photographers in the um, military spouse community, and um, you know, for them, it's a little more difficult because they have to, you know, they're they're a little bit they're on location type of work a lot of times. Um, but there are other marketing consultants, virtual assistants. Um, so website developers, designers, um, any kind of like online technology, digital marketing type work, um, is all, all works well for this virtual business model. Right. I think I remember one military spouse was a tax preparer Mm -hmm. and was able to do that, um, where, wherever she moved to. Um, I also remember someone who was a personal trainer that's a little different because you have to have um, clients, new clients, wherever you land. Actually, the, there are some people now who are able to do that virtually by like FaceTime. So using, oh, utilizing wow. technology. Um, I also know of a gal who is a, um, a fashion consultant or a fashion designer, and she does it via Skype or Face FaceTime or whatever the case may be. So um Technology really has opened a lot of doors for a lot of people. Right. Um, all right. Well, we're we're winding up to the end. I, I have a few more questions. I I just I want to ask you maybe kind of quickly. Uh, what about socially? Like, how do you make new friends? Is it mostly through who you meet through the military, the military circles, and military families, or through your kids' school, or how does that work? So honestly, I'm. I, it's been a struggle for me. So I'm actually shy, which people don't believe after they get to know me because I'm, you know, uh-huh. you know, but it, it's, it's, it's hard for me to put myself in front of new people and meet new people because it's, it, you know, it's very awkward and it's a little bit like a muscle. The less I exercise it, the harder it is to do it. Um, and then there's also, and, and I know this isn't just true of me, it's, it's also true of other military spouses, there's a little bit of this feeling like it's just temporary, so why bother? Um, you know, I'm only here temporarily, they're only here temporarily, so why put all the time and effort into making a friendship when it's just going to get, right. you know. Um, but again, technology is helpful in that where we can stay connected through social media and, um, you know. FaceTime, all that kind of stuff. Um, but I will say that it is important, even when it's awkward, even when it's hard to get out and go to, um, especially if you're a military spouse or, you know, people who understand you. So, you know, I, I, I am a military spouse, but we had a neighbor for a while who was a po- politician's wife. And I saw, it, it, I felt like it was so much harder for her. Because we as military spouses get um, support, you know, people, I feel like the American public generally likes to support, you know, what we do. But um, she received uh, just, you know, a lot of backlash. So, I, you know, it. Um, so that being said, meeting people who get you. They are your people, right? right? So going to, uh, you know, like military spouse club luncheons or events that happen on the installation, on the post, you know, um, things like that, meeting those people that understand your, you know, what you're going through and you can talk to them and have a conversation. I mean, you may have the most well-intentioned friends, but if they're civilian 
and they don't live your lifestyle, they don't understand as much as they might try. They don't understand what you're going through. So meeting the people who understand is important to do. Yeah. Uh, and one thing I know uh, be, because I'm Facebook friends with you is that your kids are in scouts. And I was just wondering, is that a unifier for you that when you get into a new community, you seek out the scout community? It absolutely. Um, I mean, and, and that's something that is more of a recent addition, but I, I made friends fast. I made a couple friends pretty quickly here in Huntsville, um, through our kids because of scouting. So yes. So yeah, they're in Cub Scouts and, um, was able to meet some people right off the bat that, that are good fit, you know? Um, our kids are the same mm-hmm. age and we have some of the same interests because our kids are scouts, you know? So, um, same with athletics. We've made some friends through our kids in athletics. And, um, even though I'm not, I probably shouldn't say this, but actively involved in, uh, in the PTA at our school, um, I also have met some friends going to school activities. So, um, the kids are a big unifier (laughs) when it comes to making friends for sure. But I'm also intentional about like, I want, I wanted to make friends here because we, we have the potential to be here for a much longer period of time. So, and I, and I also, and I also think that, um, if you're a church person, um, getting, finding a church and getting involved, that's another good way to make some friends. Right. Right. And so you're saying that you may be in Huntsville longer because your husband's active military duty is coming to an end. And that means you may settle in Huntsville for an extended period as opposed to now having another move. Correct. He will retire in two years. Right. So uh, just from speaking to military spouses um, in the past, I feel like there are two different scenarios that you have to think about. One is when your spouse is active duty and you're moving around. And the other one is at this juncture that you're about to experience when your active duty spouse retires and all of a sudden you're not moving around anymore. And so then what does that look like? It's terrifying, actually. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I mean, so many decisions are made for us when when you're active duty and then suddenly it's, it's almost like you have to grow up and be an adult and make decisions to make, you know, big kid Mm. decisions. Mm -hmm. Like we have figure out where we're going to live. He, you know, he's going to need to figure out what kind of job he wants. Um, are we, is, are we going to stay in one place or, you know, it's, it's just like this whole other world. (laughs) Right. Right. Um, Wow. Okay. April, thank you so much for for this conversation, a wide ranging conversation on topics relating to being a military spouse, having a portable business, what it's like on the personal and professional side to move um, every two or three years. So I want to um, close by asking you the question that we ask all of our podcast guests, and that is, what is your best piece of advice for our relauncher audience even if it's something that we've already talked about today. So it may sound pretty cliche, but it's um, it really is don't give up. Um, finding the intersection of what you're passionate about and what you're good at doing, and then creating a vision and a plan around that. Um, you know, whether it's for your career or for a business or you know whatever the case may be, um, and keeping that vision in front of you because 
and I know this is especially true in the entrepreneurial world, but it also so in career, you know, in, in especially in job searches, is it feels like a roller coaster. And sometimes, you know, you feel like you just want to give up. But keeping that that vision in front of you and and getting up, dusting yourself off, believing in yourself, and keep and soldier on. Excellent. Thank you so much, April. You're welcome. Thank you. Yeah. So listen, one more question for you. How can people find out more about your work? Well, first off, they can subscribe to the iRelaunch email list um, so they can receive the wonderful email communications that I prepare for them. <laughs> but they're, yes, they're filled, good. filled with good information. Is. Yes, yes. Um, they certainly are. They're amazing. Yeah. Um, so job opportunities. Hello. Um, and then also, they can find me on my my business website, which is creative.com, spelled C-R-E, the number eight, V-E.com. So if you heard that right, it, there's a number eight in the middle of the word, C-R-E-8-V-E.com, right? Yep. Okay. Thanks, April. All right. Thank you. And thanks for listening to 321i Relaunch, the podcast where we discuss strategies, advice, and success stories about returning to work after a career break. I'm Carol Fishman Cohen, the chair and co founder of iRelaunch, and your host. For more information on iRelaunch, go to iRelaunch.com. And if you like this podcast, be sure to rate it on iTunes and your favorite podcast platform. And be sure to share this podcast with a friend on Facebook, Twitter, and other social media. Thanks for joining us.